the law school of America. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Water right in water law refers to the right of a user to use water from a water source, for example, a river, stream, pond, or source of groundwater. In areas with plentiful water and few users, such systems are generally not complicated or contentious. In other areas, especially arid areas where irrigation is practiced, such systems are often the source of conflict, both legal and physical. Some systems treat surface water and groundwater in the same manner, while others use different principles for each. Types of water right Understanding water rights first requires consideration of the context and origin of the right being discussed or asserted. Traditionally, a water rights refers to the utilization of water as an element supporting basic human needs like drinking or irrigation. Water rights could also include the physical occupancy of waterways for purposes of travel, commerce and even recreational pursuits. The legal principles and doctrines that form the basis of each type of water rights are not interchangeable and vary according to local and national laws. Therefore, variations among countries, and within national subdivisions, exist in discussing and acknowledging these rights. Utilization of water is an element. Based on ownership of the land. Often, water rights are based on ownership of the land upon which the water rests or flows. For example, under English common law, any rights asserted to movable and wandering water must be based upon rights to the permanent and immovable land below. On streams and rivers these are referred to as riparian rights, or literal rights, which are protected by property law. Legal principles long recognized under riparian principles, involve the right to remove the water for drinking or irrigation or to add more water into the channel for drainage or effluence. Under riparian law, the water is subject to the test of reasonable use. The judiciary has defined reasonable use principle as follows, the true test of the principle and extent of the use is, whether it is to the injury of the other proprietors or not. Because of the limits on use, the doctrine of riparian rights is often known as the downstream user rule. The downstream users have rights to the water which the upstream users may not abridge. Based on previous use or prior appropriation, where water is more scarce, like in the western United States, allocation of the flowing water is premised upon prior appropriation. The appropriation doctrine confers upon one who actually diverts and uses water the right to continue to do so provided that the water is used for reasonable and beneficial uses, regardless of whether that person owns land contiguous to the watercourse. As between appropriators, the rule of priority is first in time, first in right. The 20th century system of prior appropriation water rights is characterized by five principles. 1. Exclusive rights are given to the original appropriator and all following privileges are conditional upon precedent rights. 2. All privileges are conditional upon beneficial use. 3. Water may be used on riparian lands or non-riparian lands, for example water may be used on the land next to the water source or on land removed from the water source. 4. Diversion is permitted, regardless of the shrinkage of the river or stream. 5. The privilege may be lost through non-use. Beneficial use is defined as agricultural, industrial, or urban use. Environmental uses, 
such as maintaining a body of water and the wildlife that use it, were not initially regarded as beneficial uses in some states but have been accepted in some areas. Every water right is parameterized by an annual yield and an appropriation date. When a water right is sold, it maintains its original appropriation date. Community-based allocation of water. In some jurisdictions appropriative water rights can be granted directly to communities. Here, water is reserved to provide sufficient capacity for the future growth of that particular community. For example, California provides communities and other water users within watershed senior status over appropriative, use-based, water rights solely because they are located where the water originates and naturally flows. A second example of community-based water rights is Pueblo water rights. As recognized by California, Pueblo water rights are grants to individual settlements, for example Pueblos, over all streams and rivers flowing through the city and to all groundwater aquifers underlying that particular city. The Pueblos claim expands with the needs of the city and may be used to supply the needs of areas that are later annexed to the city. While California recognizes Pueblo water rights, Pueblo water rights are controversial. Some scholars and courts have argued that the Pueblo water rights doctrine lacks a historical basis in Spanish or Mexican water law. Right to clean water. Due to the dependence upon clean water, many nations, states and municipalities have enacted regulations to preemptively protect water quality and quantity. This right of a government to regulate water quality is premised upon protecting downstream navigable waters from contamination which are publicly owned and include the right to receive these waters undiminished under both the riparian and appropriation doctrines under the Clean Water Act. The right to access and physically occupy water. The Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution gives Congress the power to regulate and occupy navigable waters, this is referred to as a navigable servitude. The U.S. Congress has exercised this power in a variety of ways, including the construction of dams, diverting water from a stream and blocking and restricting use of waterways. The servitude is a federal power, not an individual right. Public trust rights to access and recreate upon navigable in fact waters may also exist. These rights are often based on local laws over property held in trust for the public. In the United States, each state holds the land submerged by navigable waters in trust for the public and can establish a public right to access or recreate within these public waterways. Again, this water right is not an individual right, but rather a public right and individual privilege which may include restrictions and limitations based on local laws. The Fifth and Eleventh Amendment to the U.S. Constitution limits the power of state or federal governments to impinge upon any exclusive use of water by prohibiting the enactment of any laws or regulations that amount to a taking of private property. Laws and regulations that deprive a riparian owner of legally cognizable water rights constitute an illegal governmental taking of private property for which just compensation is owed to the water right holder. History of Water Rights In Roman times, the law was that people could obtain temporary usufructuary rights for running water. These rights were independent of land ownership and lasted as long as use continued. Under Roman law, no land was owned by citizens, it was all owned by the republic and controlled by politicians. Under English common law all tidal waters were held by the crown and all freshwater streams were included with title to the lands, with full accompanying rights. However, under the riparian doctrine, Landowners had the right to receive water undiminished by upstream landowners. Over time, rights evolved from being strictly land-based to also include use-based, allowing non-landowners to hold enforceable rights to receive clean water. A reasonable use rule evolved in some countries. Prior appropriation, 
In water rights, the legal doctrine of prior appropriation holds that the first person to take a quantity of water from a water source for beneficial use, agricultural, industrial or household, has the right to continue to use that quantity of water for that purpose. 78 American Jurisprudence 2D Water Section 355, 2021 These individuals are the senior users. Senior users do not own the water source. Rather, they have the right to use the water source within the limitations of the state's established prior appropriation laws. Douglas County v. Sedalia Water and Sanitation District, 2015. Origin of the Doctrine The legal doctrine of prior appropriation water rights holds that the first person to take a quantity of water from a water source for beneficial use, agricultural, industrial or household, has the right to continue to use that quantity of water for that purpose. Subsequent users can take the remaining water for their own beneficial use if they do not impinge on the rights of previous users. The doctrine developed in the western United States and is different from riparian water rights, which are applied in the rest of the United States. Much of the prior appropriation doctrine in the western U.S. is derived from the civil law legal system from when much of the region was under Mexico and Spain. Water is very scarce in the west and so must be allocated sparingly, based on the productivity of its use. The right is also allotted to those who are first in time of use. The appropriation doctrine originated in California around the time of the gold rush where miners were looking for ways to increase the amount of water available for mining operations. The 1855 California Supreme Court case of Irwin v. Phillips is what brought the water appropriation problems to light. Matthew Irwin diverted a stream for his mining operation. Shortly afterward, Robert Phillips started a mining operation downstream and eventually tried to divert the water back to its original stream bed. The case was taken all the way to the California Supreme Court, which ruled in favor of the appropriation law. Details Each drop of rain falling through the sky has already been allocated to a user. Leave the hose running between rinses while you wash your car and you won't run afoul of the law, but if you gather a pailful of rainwater and pour on your tomato plant, Look over your shoulder for a water cop. You will be preventing those raindrops from entering the watershed, depriving people downstream from the surrounding creeks and rivers of their rights to use their apportioned amounts of stream flow. The doctrine of prior appropriation comes crashing up against the imperative to conserve scarce water. Colorado made it legal for some homeowners to harvest rain and snow from their roofs. Tucson is encouraging its citizens to gather rainwater. Santa Fe made catchment devices mandatory for new dwellings. But, in Utah and Washington, with the exception of Seattle, harvesting raindrops is still a crime. Stephen Brace The legal details vary from state to state, however, the general principle is that water rights are unconnected to land ownership, and can be sold or mortgaged like other property. These rights can be lost over time if non-use of the water source is demonstrated or if the water has not been used for a certain number of years. There are four essential elements, intent, diversion, beneficial use, and priority. The first person to use a quantity of water from a water source for a beneficial use has the right to continue to use that quantity of water for that purpose. Subsequent users can use the remaining water for their own beneficial purposes provided that they do not impinge on the rights of previous users, this is the priority element of the doctrine. In addition to this, a user may not change the intent in which he is appropriating water such that the change hinders the use by another. These preservation of conditions were granted to the second user after Farmer's High Line v. City of Golden, 1954. Beneficial use is commonly defined as agricultural, industrial or household use. Ecological purposes, 
such as maintaining a natural body of water and the wildlife that depends on it, were not initially deemed as beneficial uses in some western states but have been accepted in some jurisdictions. The extent to which private parties may own such rights varies among the states. Each water right has a yearly quantity and an appropriation date. Each year, the user with the earliest appropriation date, known as the senior appropriator, may use up to their full allocation, provided the water source can supply it. Then the user with the next earliest appropriation date may use their full allocation and so on. In cases of water shortages, prior appropriation does not require a senior user to utilize less water than usual. Therefore, during times of drought, users with junior appropriation dates might not receive their full allocation or even any water at all. When a water right is sold, it retains its original appropriation date. Only the amount of water historically consumed can be transferred if a water right is sold. For example, if alfalfa is grown, using flood irrigation, the amount of the return flow may not be transferred, only the amount that would be necessary to irrigate the amount of alfalfa historically grown. If a water right is not used for a beneficial purpose for a period of time it may lapse under the doctrine of abandonment. Abandonment of a water right is rare, but occurred in Colorado in a case involving the South Fork of San Isabel Creek in Sawatch County, Colorado. For water sources with many users, a government or quasi-government agency is usually charged with overseeing allocations. Allocations involving water sources that cross state borders or international borders can be quite contentious, and are generally governed by federal court rulings, interstate agreements and international treaties. Even though water markets are increasingly gaining ground, many have criticized the prior appropriation system for failing to adequately adjust to society's evolving values. For example, the vast majority of water in the West still is allocated to agricultural uses despite the cries for additional water from growing cities. Additionally, the high demand for the allocation of water can cause an over-appropriation of the waters. This means that there are more water rights for that particular stream than there is water actually available. For example, in Nevada, approximately 45 basins are over-appropriated. Similarly, environmentalists and those who use rivers for recreational and or scenic purposes have demanded that more water be left in rivers and streams. Climate change is starting to play a role in diminishing water rights. In recent years, water levels have seen a decrease. The prior appropriation system has in many ways inhibited these calls for change. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America